What is up? And welcome back to another episode of the Wizards podcast. I'm your host, Greg Finberg, and today we're going to be recapping a little bit more than we usually do. Uh, I try to make sure that I do three games at a, at a time, but this is going to be a little bit of a heftier episode with five total games, getting all the way back to that debacle in Charlotte. Um, I just got a break for uh, Thanksgiving from, from school, so took a little break, uh, just chilled my family, had a great Thanksgiving. Hope everyone who who's listening had a great Thanksgiving with family or friends or whatever you decide to do um, to celebrate. Um, and yeah, we're going to get into some Wizards basketball, obviously not as exciting as, as Thanksgiving for a lot of people. Thanksgiving is usually a fun time. Uh, the Wizards have not been fun all season, but uh, we're going to try to stagger that um, with a little bit of optimism, a little bit of humor, a little bit of enthusiasm, and just trying to make this a fun episode recapping a one and four, a one and four week, which compared to the last five game stretch, last nine game stretch, to be honest, um, is actually decent. So just get get into it with with Charlotte. This is going to be a lot of a large portion of the episode because I got a lot to say. Uh, and if you were uh, in the Twitter spaces that I did afterwards, if you want to listen to that, it's it's up on my page. It was about an hour and a half of just Wizards fans, including myself, ranting that we blew another pretty much 20 point lead to the Charlotte fucking Hornets. Um, that's beside the point. Uh, just to recap the game, we blew a 19 point lead. Uh, we played a great first half. We were we were moving the ball well. We were defending well. Kuz was amazing uh, all game. But first half, 10 points. Even Poole had a solid half with 10 points. Um, you know, we were we were playing the way we played the first time we played in Charlotte. Just playing a complete game of team basketball, defending hard. And, and it looked good. And you were like, all right, here's the letdown on the third quarter. No, we didn't even we didn't even, you know, get blitzed like we usually do coming out of half. Uh, 7-0 run to start the third. Lead is up to 14 now. Uh, I'm feeling confident. I'm feeling okay about the way we're playing. A lot of Wizards fans are too. But I wanted to make sure that, you know, our expectations was kept were kept in check. So I tweeted with 521 remaining in the third um, with the Wizards up 77 to 62. And I basically said, look, we blow leads all the time. Just watch. Just, just wait for it. It's going to happen at some point. We're gonna blow the lead, and 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 sure enough, I mean, I consider myself one of the biggest Wizards, you know, fans and supporters. So obviously, I know my team, and I I tried to tell you, don't get excited. Um, I had a lot of people in my comments like, let's take Charlotte money line, like Charlotte money line plus like two thousand or whatever it was is free. Obviously, I'm like, yeah, like I, I never bet against your team, but Charlotte money line was probably free there because we blow so many leads. Um. Then the Hornets just turned up the defensive intensity. And this is what happened in Toronto. It's what happened in Brooklyn. It's what happened the first time we played Charlotte. And we just folded. And and, and it's it's the same thing that we fold on every time. They get aggressive and, and the refs aren't blowing the whistle as much as they do. And we start turning it over, giving them free buckets in transition. And credit to Charlotte because they made some some really tough threes. Um you know, I thought obviously Lamella ball kills us every time, and he's just he was unbelievable. He continues to get better. Is he an impact a player that impacts winning? I don't know, but that's not my problem. I don't cover the Hornets, so don't really don't really care or need to talk too much about that. But he was unbelievable. Made made some some really tough shots. Nick Richards, Mark Williams didn't kill us as much as they did in the game in Washington in terms of the boards. I thought we were actually decent on the defensive glass. Um with Gafford playing really well to the, uh, this game. 
Um, but look, they made some some tough shots. They ended up tying the game. And then from there it was about two minute stretch where we just continued to make some of the some of the most boneheaded, dumb, stupid, whatever you want to call it, basketball plays, personnel changes I've I've seen. It's just we put on a clinic on how to blow a game. Um and you would think after doing this the first time to Charlotte at home, after blowing the game in Brooklyn, after blowing a twenty-two point fourth quarter lead against the Toronto twenty-two point lead in total against the Toronto Raptors. You would think we learn from our mistakes and we really, you know, ensure that this this shit doesn't happen again. But look, it happened again, and it's a real problem now. Um, you know, bottom line, you blew a nineteen point lead, and you you are the sole reason for that. There were so many self inflict inflicted errors in this game. I'm just gonna take you through three that I I thought were really costly. The first one is a personnel change. Denny Avdia, who I thought was great tonight uh, or or against the Hornets when we played them, great defensively, really good at attacking the basket, going strong to the hoop, knocking down shots. He was great. He was a primary defender on the mellow a lot. I don't understand why he wasn't closing this game. Don't get it. Bilal closed the game, and Bilal was great. Great, to, great on defense all night against the mellow. I, that's fine. You can stick him on the mellow all you want, but put Denny in. You know, Poole doesn't have a going, take Poole out. Tice doesn't have a going, take him out. Maybe take Gaffer down and go small. I don't know. But find a way to put Danny on the court. He needs to be closing games for us. Uh, and this would this would be the start of a couple games in a row where Danny didn't close on uh, in the fourth quarter. I don't get it. I think being your best defender, he should be in the game, especially when there's a certain individual like Lamelo that is consistently killing you. Off the dribble, from deep, no matter what it is, he's getting whatever he wants. Let's put our best defender in. Let's get a little size, a little height to match LaMelo's size, and let's win the game. But Denny didn't play the fourth. He had an illness coming into the game. I don't know if that factored in. I doubt it. I mean, why would you play him three quarters and then sit him in the most important time? But, look, I, I wasn't I wasn't a fan of Denny not playing the fourth. That's the first thing. The second thing, Jordan Poole misses a, a floater. The Wizards are down three. 35 seconds left. You have a timeout. There is no reason... For you to be fouling. But he presses up. He gets antsy. He's frustrated that he has bad. He's had a bad night. He just took a bad shot. And he fouls. Just stupid. Why why are you fouling? There's an 11 second difference between game and shot clock. And you're fouling them. Just play it out. You get a stop. You get the ball with 10 seconds left. You can still go for a quick two. Being that you have a timeout. Uh, you could advance the ball, go for the tie. I personally think I I want to make them at least try uh, to miss a free throw so that I can make it a two-point game instead of having to force a three. Uh, and if they make both free throws, then you go for the three. But, you know, I think that was one of the dumbest plays I've seen. I don't know why Poole fouled. He's frustrated. I get it. But you got to be smarter there. And, and the same thing happens. They missed one of two. So, you know, a four-point game. And then we have a great inbounds play. Credit to Wooj. Get it to Kuz, quick two, only took six seconds off the clock, so there's 29 seconds left now in the game, and and Kuz fouls. And, and he looks at the bench and, point and like co- covers his ears like, I can't hear, I can't hear. The fuck do you mean you can't hear? This, number one, should have been discussed in the timeout. If we score a basket, we are going quick. Don't foul. Play it out. Well, five seconds left. We have time. But instead, he fouls. It's also on Kuz to understand game and situation. Game and shot clock are differentiated by five seconds. 
plenty of time to get a stop and still score. The lead is only two, so they can't foul you. All of these things, like you should know this, especially if you're a star player. Those are our two star players making boneheaded fouls with the game on the line. That 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 shit simply can't happen. Um, and yeah, like it, it was just a bunch of stuff towards the end. Pool had a poor turnover where we got the ball, I think, down two, and he dribbled it into somebody's foot when he was trying to go on like a one-on-two fast break. Just hold the ball. We don't need you to be hero. We don't need you to play hero ball. Just hold the ball. And, and then, you know, dribble it up, run up offensive set. Don't rush it. And, and I feel like we were rushing things at the end, and, and ultimately you collapsed. Um, finally, the last shot of the game to tie was, was one of the worst shots I've ever seen Kuzma take. I mean, down three, you obviously cognizant of they might foul, and if they do, got to make both foul and then hope they miss because we don't have a timeout left, so we can't keep playing this game. Um, but Kuz literally took his time nonchalantly dribbling it up with 10 seconds left without a care in the world, not trying to run any action or any screens. He said, I'm going to take this 35 foot three. You're, you're not going to stop me from doing it. I don't care how contested it is. I'm going to launch that shit and hope it goes in. He just, he basically waited till the end. One second left, double covered, hoists up a horrible three, not even close. Wizards lose. That's another fourth quarter collapse. That's your third 19-plus point blown lead of the season. The second 19-plus point blown lead to the Charlotte Hornets, one of the worst teams in this league. And 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 it's just, it's like we didn't even, like, flinch. Nobody was affected by it. It's just what happens here in D.C. It's what happens under this coaching staff. It's what happens under these players. You blow lead after lead. You blow games that you should win. And you don't win them. And that's exactly why you're at the spot you're at. Uh, It's just, it's a compounding of errors. And this is why this was the, the, I believe, seventh straight loss for the Wizards at that time. So, again, terrible. And it sucks because Kuz was awesome all night. Apart from that last two-minute segment, um, 28 points on 12 of 22 from the field. Very efficient. 50% from three at three of six. Plus 13 on the night. 28 points, 10 assists, nine rebounds. A rebound shy of a triple-double. And none of that shit matters because we folded at the end. It it sucks. It sucks because in all these blown leads, we play well. There's great stats, great individual performances, but we just fold. We collapse, and and it's it's something that has to change. It happened all last season. It happened. It ha- it's happened all of the all of the three years under Wooj, um, and it, it it can't happen. You can't be in these games. You can't have these games won, and then somehow find ways to lose them. It's a bad trait, and something that's that's got to change. So that put the Wizards uh at I believe two and twelve. Seven straight losses at that point. Uh and now we move on to the game in Milwaukee. And this this is the type of game that all Wizards fans should want. All Wizards fans should be proud of, should make them excited for what this rebuild is trying to accomplish. This is a box team that many have picked to come out of the East, even to win the finals. They have two Hall of Famers right now, Giannis and Dame. I don't consider Middleton there. Brooke Lopez killed us. I don't consider them there either, but they're really solid players. Both have made an all-star team. Both very good. The thing that that I want to point out first is that Bilal didn't play. Uh, he injured his ankle late in the Charlotte game. Uh, Wizards were extra cautious, which I'm fine with. 
I want Bilal to play as much as possible. Don't get me wrong, but if he's injured, he's injured. We don't. We're not. We're not chasing a title here. Let's be. Let's be smart. Let's be safe. That's the first thing. Um, the second thing is again we started out strong, got out to a sixteen to twelve lead. You know, people were making shots. Pool had five points in the first like five minutes. He finished with twenty four. He was all right tonight. Or uh, against Milwaukee, defensively not great. It's just what you should expect from that from this point on. But you know, not the worst night for for Pool. Um, but the 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 best performer of the first half was Corey Kispert, fifteen points on five of six from three, and they weren't just stationary set up threes. They were moving threes. He had a really tough moving three right to left. Um. Coming off pin downs, knocking th- knocking threes down, he was he was excellent. Led the Wizards in scoring in the first half, and was a big reason they were winning at half sixty one sixty. Terrific first half of basketball. Obviously, defensively not great, but the Wizards are one of the worst defenses ever. I don't know why you should expect them to give up anything less than sixty. They just stretch where they gave up three straight seventy point first halves, I believe, at least two straight. Uh, so sixty points is actually a win for them, if I if I'm being serious. So. At the half up, you knew Milwaukee was going to adjust. You knew they were going to make a run in the third. It's just what the Wizards do. They they don't come out well after half. Um, and Milwaukee did just that. They made some adjustments. Got out to I think a six to seven point lead, but you know we cut it to three by the end of the, by the end of the third. And, and trailing ninety two eighty nine, entering the fourth against Milwaukee is is a win for the Wizards. Honestly, considering the game that we played against them before in DC when they just destroyed us, it wasn't really competitive the entire game. This was a great effort, um, and we had a shot. We had a shot at the end. Uh, Milwaukee started to pull away a little bit, but you know, Kuz kept at it, Pool kept at it, and we we got it to to four, and then great great swing pass, extra pass for the Wizards to Kuz in the corner, hits a three, cuts the deficit to one with 16 seconds left, um, and then the the, the defense just kind of folds at the end. Uh, Dane made both free throws. We had a great chance to win it, um, and and we we were really close. Kuz just missed. Um, I think it was Shamit in the corner at first. Shamit in the corner, wide open look, terrific credit where it's due. Terrific play call by Wooj. Shamba was great all night. He had a great poster on Giannis. I think he just short armed it, alligator armed it from the corner. I feel like he rushed it too. He thought people would be trailing him. He was wide open. Should have set, but look, late game situations. It's tough. Um. And yeah, it it just we had a chance at the end, and that's all I that's all I want against a team like the box, especially on the road. Uh, great effort all around for the Wizards. Uh, player of the game was Tyus, twenty two points on nine to fourteen from the field, seven rebounds, seven assists. Again, zero turnovers. Continues to set his teammates up without giving the ball to the other team. I think this was probably his best performance as a Wizard controlled the pace of the game, the flow of the game, didn't really play too bad on defense. Um, and, and I thought he was phenomenal tonight. Um, again, Dandy was benched in the fourth. I don't I don't really know what to say at this point. Again, he played the fourth quarter in the more recent games, but I just, I don't know if it was the fatigue from the illness. I don't know what it was. I'm trying to find a way to, to rationalize it, but I can't. Uh, Denny should be on the floor when the when the when the Wizards are in the fourth quarter, especially with the game on the line, especially when you need to stop. Uh, I just I don't understand it. I like going with the hot hand. I like Shamit playing, but I think Denny should be in the fourth quarter. That's just my take. Uh, but yeah, again, this is exactly what Wizards fans want and hope for at the beginning of the season from this rebuilding team. 
You can lose 82 games. I don't care. Just be competitive. Make sure you're in every single game. Make sure you're giving full effort. Make sure we're seeing improvement from guys, especially young guys. And and we saw that in this game, and that's what makes you excited for the future of this team. Um, unfortunately for the Wizards, that that effort did, did not translate at all to the next game at home against Atlanta. Yes, it was the second night of a back-to-back. Uh, yes, everyone was tired. But that's not an excuse to come out with the, the effort that we did. Look, there's not much to really say about this loss. Um, not even competitive, to be honest. Uh, you, know, I will mention Poole didn't play. He injured his, I think he rolled his ankle, his left ankle in warm-ups. Um, and so Corey started in his place. I thought Corey pushed and forced it a little bit. Not his best shooting performance of the season. Um, you know, not having pool made us play a little bit of a different style. Uh, but nonetheless, the Hawks are just the better team, and they killed us. It was not competitive at all. If you want to, you know, sum up this game, Wooj has been notorious this season for throwing in the white flag at the beginning of the fourth quarter. You know, why am I playing Kuz and Poole down by 25, I which I understand. But the white flag was thrown with four minutes left in the third quarter. I mean, that look, if you want to celebrate something, it's a new record. It's a new record for the Wizards this season. With 16 minutes left in the game, we decided that we were going to give up, and it was over, which that's saying something, man. The Hawks were up 30 at multiple points, just not not close at all. The, the lineup to start the fourth quarter – Listen to this. Jared Butler, Johnny Davis, Landry Shamit, Eugene Omarui, and Anthony Gill. That is a real starting lineup to start the fourth quarter in a regular season game. In game, what was this? We are 3-15 and 15 now. This was two games ago, right? So we were we were 2-12 and 12 entering this game. So this was game 15 of the season, yeah. And we were throwing in the that lineup out at the fourth quarter. It's the sign of a rebuild, and I understand that we're going to have lineups like this. These are the type of lineups like Philly fans look back on now, and they're like, if you were here for these lineups uh, with like Tony Rowan, Ish Smith, Haywood Highsmith, like you were a real one. And um, you know, obviously, as, as a Wizards fans, we'll look back on the rebuild and look back at some of these 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 lineups and just be like, how how did we watch this product? But that's some negative parts, some high points. Blaw came in, got to work immediately. Hit a corner three, which at that time moved him to 45% from three on the season on a decent sample size. It, it's so impressive. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep saying it. His shot at this stage of his career was considered to be his his downside, you know, something that's gonna take a lot of time. No, he he has the shot. It looks really good. He's never rushed. His form looks solid. It's none of that Johnny Davis. And by the way, if you saw the Johnny Davis videos I had been posting. That shot form is just so messed up, and I feel so bad for him because it wasn't bad in college. And the Wizards, the Wizards development team just came in and fucked that shit up. So, yeah, not that's all I say about that. That that's just that sucks to see. But Bilal looks great, and then he had an off the dribble drive, took Bogdanovich to the right, got a little floater in there. He looked he looked great. Um, Daniel Gafford, one of the most unsung players ever since he came to the Wizards, but especially this season. He was 6-6 six six for 12 points in the first half. Didn't play much in the second due to the blowout, but I thought he was on, on, on pace for a really solid game. Had a really good game, um, and I, I can't say enough about you know his consistency this season. The foul issues, 
are still a slight issue, but not as much of an issue as I expected coming into the year. And I think it's it's more of an issue when he gets into even slight foul trouble because of how how poor Gallo is defensively, and you know that you know it's going to be really tough to get stops with him on the floor, um, and with Muscala being a non-factor, not even being in the rotation, you want to make sure you can have Gaff on the floor as much as possible. So for him to be as consistent as he's been, um, it's been really really big for the Wiz. Um, and then I want to shout out Jared Butler, a guy that was signed towards the latter part of the offseason following summer league. Didn't really get much detention, but I tweeted out when we signed him, this guy killed us in summer league. And, you know, watch out, watch out for him in the G League because he's going to dominate. He came in, played a, a good portion of minutes towards the end, 13 points, five assists on five of eight from the field. He looked like he belonged. He looked like he can develop into something in the future. And I, I just want to shout out Jared Butler for that performance. Um, I'm sure I'll, we'll see more of, of him in the G League, uh, being on that two-way contract, which is great. He should get reps. He should really learn from from his mistakes and and just try to improve everywhere he can. But shout out Jared Butler for that. Um, that put us at two and fourteen, nine straight losses. I don't know if this is the worst. This was the worst start, a sixteen-game start in Wizards history, but it's got to be up there because this is brutal. Um, brutal basketball being played. You know. Some games they're competitive, most of them aren't. Some games they blow leads, some games they show up. It's been very inconsistent, but nonetheless, you lost 14 of your first 16 games. You lost nine straight. You had to have one of those one of those games against a, an inferior opponent. And somehow we were able to find one, being that we were 2-14 and 14 and somehow some team is worse. Uh, but we, we got to play the Detroit Pistons. Um, people called it the Tank Bowl. Uh, which I thought was pretty funny, but it is. It was two and fourteen versus two and fourteen. It's a combined record of four and twenty-eight for two teams through sixteen games. Absolutely horrible teams playing against one another. The game was in Detroit. Nine game losing streak versus thirteen game losing streak. Two and fourteen versus two and fourteen. Whatever headline you wanted to push, it was bad. Bad team versus bad team. At the end of the day, um, the Wizards started slow again. Um, ten to two Pistons to start. Uh, not great. And then they turned it around. And, and credit to Wooch, he made some adjustments early. Kuz was terrific. Poole was not. I'll get into that in a little bit. Dendy was efficient all night. But the Wizards, the Wizards tried to 10. They took a lead and they didn't look back. It was it was not really competitive apart from that that first little stretch of the game. Um you know, when you're playing a team like Detroit, that is that is somehow in year five of rebuild and getting worse winning the winning a game should not be celebrated obviously this this Detroit Pistons team is one of the worst teams ever but when you're the Wizards and when you're struggling to to you know take wins away from from other teams and to really you know take those those games that that you need in a season like this to just like keep you going this is a nice this is a nice win for the Wizards um started slow obviously but Kuzma Kuzma was great. I it was one of his best games. I think that Charlotte game might be his best game, just in terms of you know down the stretch. Apart from the last two minutes, playing really well, but he was great all night. Uh, Thirty-two points on ten to twenty-two from the field, twelve rebounds, eight assists, eighteen point or plus eighteen. Efficient again. Uh, Kuzma not only the volume scorer that he is this season, but the efficiency is one I want to talk about. Twenty-eight points the other night on twelve of twenty-two. 10 of 22 against Detroit for, for 32 points. P- 
people thought he's going to be a chucker, just throwing shit up at the rim with the increased, uh, you know, shots that he's getting. He's done the exact opposite. He's really been smart with how he's he's taking his shots, where he's taking his shots, not settling too much, just really making sure that, you know, he's maximizing everything he's doing. And I can't say enough about his play this season, how, how much he's outplayed his contract already, how much he's, you know, showed that he deserved the money we gave him. Uh, and how great the contract looks now that it's descending value. And he's going to be making less than $20 million in year three and year four. Um, terrific work by Dawkins on that contract and terrific job by Kuz to be the leader of this team all season. His counterpart, Jordan Poole, was not. And look, I hate talking about negativity. As most of you know, I am I try to be one of the most optimistic fans, um, you know, Wizards fans. But it's it's to the point where you, you can't just – put it aside anymore you have to talk about it you have to talk about pool and you have to talk about his struggles and and he's struggled mightily to begin this season 10 points against the pistons on three of nine from the field just three assists four turnovers i don't think tyus jones has had more than four turnovers this season uh, obviously I'm, I'm i'm fucking around but that is not only a really bad assist to turnover ratio it's a bad shooting performance. It's a low scoring output for a guy that many consider to be, you know, a possible 25 plus per game score. And, and I'll take, I'll, I'll put my right hand up and say that's me as well. I, I thought this guy was going to be a volume scorer. Um, not, not, I didn't think he'd be efficient at it, but I thought he'd be a volume scorer at least. And he just, he looks lost at times out there. Um, there was a play versus Osar Thompson where, um, Jordan Poole made a great play on Killian. Or I, think, I think it was Ivy. Broke his ankle, sent him flying. Had a wide open mid-range on the baseline. Passed it up. Went for a scoop layup after taking a pivot inside. And just got swatted five rows deep by Osara Thompson. He, he does too much. It's another example of, of Jordan Poole trying to do too much on the basketball court. Trying to showcase all of these little skill sets and these dribble moves and and the things that he has in his bag, just just take the shot. You're wide open in the mid-range. You can make that nine times out of ten. Just shoot it. He's doing too much. He's in his own head. Um, whatever you want to call it, he's been terrible. And, and look, obviously, I hate saying that. But when you don't play any defense, when you're a liability on defense, and you're not doing anything on offense, it's a concern. And that's when people start to talk about started to talk about your contract that's when people start to talk about you know whether you belong um in the role that you have and it, it starts to raise questions and i feel like it's fair to raise questions about about pool right now i'm sure if you asked pool about his performance he tell you the same thing he's not playing well he's not playing the way he he wants to be playing nobody's questioning his work ethic or whether you know the desire to get to that spot is there He's been touted as one of the most hard, one of the hardest workers in this league, um, but I think he's struggling right now. And and I think obviously, I'm, as a as a fan, I'm going to stick by him. I think he's gonna he's gonna learn from it. He's only going to get better. But it is it has been a really bad start for for Pool. Um, one positive was Denny, 16 points of six on on six of nine again, an efficient scoring night. He had three to four drives where he took a coast to coast, went straight into the body of the defender, and finished through contact. 
this is exactly the physical type of play that the fans have been wanting from Danny ever since he came into the league. And he seems to have finally, you know, figured it out. He's playing under much more control. He's playing, you know, with physicality instead of shying away from contact and fouls like he did early in his career. He's seeking contact. Um, and that's what you want him to do. You want him to play like he's 6'9". You don't want him to play like he's 6'3". And he's been doing that. Uh, in terms of Bilal, offensively, his output and his usage rate, um, not where it needs to be. He, especially in this game against Detroit, the amount of opportunities he had on offense, the amount of shots he took, way too low. Uh, defensively, though, he was great. He had a steal where... He leaped up, grabbed it with one hand, turned around, dribbled up, dunked it on the other end. Um, he had another terrific steal. He was just his defensive instincts at this age are so impressive. Uh, it just it makes me so excited for his future as a defender. And you know he's only going to get better. He's only going to learn coverages and and learn all of, you know the intricacies of being a defender in this league. So he's only going to get better. And then lastly, the bench was great. Gallo, sixteen points. Um, Shamit, Corey, both contributed well on both ends. Just a, a good all-around performance in a game that you needed to win. Um, And, and I know a lot of Wizards fans were, were discussing this on Twitter. Do we really want to win this game? And a lot of people were, were actively rooting against the team, thinking that, you know, losing to the Pistons is going to be a, a huge thing at the end of the season. I hate to break it to you, but it's not. We are, we are really, we're a really bad basketball team. And... If you don't know, the lottery changed a couple years ago. So the three worst teams in the league all have the exact same percentage to get the first overall pick. The only difference is the first, the the, the actual worst team has a little bit more of, you know, protections or, you know, um, what's the word for it? Um, basically, they they can't fall to a certain number. So let's say like the first pick, uh, they really can't get anything worse than like five for the worst team. And the third worst team, although they have the same chance at the first pick, they are able to drop farther down in the, in the lottery. So it's like insurance per se. I don't think it matters too much. Um, again, I, I think that the worst team in the league ever since they got this new format has never actually gotten the pick they were supposed to. So I wouldn't sweat the win too much. We're going to be in the bottom three regardless. We're going to have a 14% chance of the first pick regardless. I don't think winning a, 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 a you know an early season game against the Detroit Pistons, a game you should win, is something you should not not only be mad about, but you know think that it's actually going to affect us in, lot in, the, in the lottery uh, in the long run. We're going to win more games throughout the season. It's just what's going to happen. But you're not going to win enough to be out of that top three. So... I don't think this win is something to be mad about or frustrated about. I think you should be excited that we put together a good effort for once, albeit against one of the worst teams ever. But I'll take it. We won the Tank Bowl. First win in 10 games. Ends the nine-game losing streak. First win since November 8th. Puts us at 3-14 and 14 entering Orlando. And this is a game that it's a real turning point for me. It was just weird as a fan, like, we viewed Orlando for the longest time as an easy win, um, you know, a rebuilding team, a team that um, just never could figure it out, even with Fournier and, and Vucevic. And the Fournier and Vucevic teams, I, I will say they had our number for a while. Those were some of the most frustrating games, just, you know, not being able to guard the simplest ball screens, Vucevic killing us on the uh, us on the glass. Um, it was it was really annoying. Um, but. 
now it's the other way where we are the rebuilding team and Orlando is the assert they're ascending. They they just won their ninth straight game or eighth straight game against us. They're 12 and five. They're second in the East. And we are the exact opposite. We are three and 14 entering this game. We are 14th in the East. We, we could not be different, more different than Orlando. They're on the up from their rebuild. We just started our rebuild, whatever you want to say. Um, and, and that's exactly what happened in this game. We stuck with them well for two and a half quarters. Um, the starters stuck with them well, I should say. We, uh, you know, played well against the lineup of Wagner and and Bancaro, um, and 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 the rest of the starters for the Magic. the The real issue here was the bench. The bench got outplayed all night. Cole Anthony killed us, and he uh, credit to him. He he's gotten so much better throughout the course of his career. He's accepted that role as a six man off the bench. Um, so all, all credit to him. He was fantastic. The 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 reason we we I wouldn't say the reason we lost this game, but a huge reason for it was Gallinari can't stick with with anybody on defense, to be honest. But especially guys like Mo Wagner, who bring that physicality, um, are pretty quick, um, can get by the defender, especially a big like Gallinari who's pretty slow. Um, and look, Gallinari's lack of defense has been holding us back all season. It's no secret. I'm sure West knows it. Gallo probably knows it too. And it's, it's somewhat frustrating from a viewer's perspective. I'm sure on the court as well, they just seek this guy. They put him in a one, five pick and roll and, and they just take it to his body. He He's not going to block you. He's not going to get in front of you. You know, he's not taking a charge. You just go at him. Why wouldn't you? It's it's a free basket every time. And and that's exactly what the Magic did all night when Gallo came in. He came in uh, at the end of the first quarter, immediate Magic 7-0 run. The Wizards were up like 19 or like 18-17. 7-0 run, immediate Wooge timeout. He can't defend. I, I can't. I, I'm actually, I'm honestly surprised there was a report, I think a week ago, that teams are, are actively searching for a guy like Gallo in the trade market and would give up a pick, a second round pick. Anything you can get for this guy is, is acceptable by me. Honestly, he can't guard anything. He can't like, like Brad says, he can't guard a parked car. He's too slow. And, and that type of liability on defense, it's so hard to watch. And it just, it brings the defense down having that liability. And look, don't get me wrong. Even without Gallo, the wizards would be a terrible defensive team, but at least they'd be competent. With, an, with, with a real defensive center in there with the second unit. I, I'm just I'm tired of, of them just seeking this guy out. And in a game like this where he's really bad offensively, he's not adding anything on that end. He's just a net negative. At this point, go to Omarui, go to Muscala, go to someone else. He clearly doesn't have it. It's a bad matchup. Stop playing him. It, it, it's, it's just a culmination of the frustration of, of the defense. Uh, look, at the end of the day, you just gave up 139 points to a Magic team that averaged 112. They scored 27 more points than they usually do. That's the epitome of our season right there. You can't defend anything. And when you face it, this is what I said in my my keys to the game, my preview. When you face a team like Orlando, you need to actually defend because you can't rely on, oh, we're just going to outscore the other team. We don't, we can score on offense fine, but we can't defend. But that's you know just be an Indiana or an Atlanta type team, play zero defense, but outscore the other team. The Magic are the best defensive team in the league. You can't fucking do that. 
They're going to defend. It's going to be tough for you on that end. So make it tough for them on, on, on your defensive end. We didn't do that. There was zero defensive resistance, especially in the paint. And I mentioned this as well in the keys to the game. Orlando is sixth in paint points in the league. They they don't like settling for threes. They take it to your chest. And, and the interior defense was terrible. I mentioned with Gallo, there was zero resistance. But even with Gaff, and it's not Gaff's fault. The other team just did a one five pick and roll, had a two on one. Gaff has to stunt at one guy, go to the lob or the roller. Or he has to go to the roller, and then the guy has a wide open layup with the ball. He he's in a tough spot. What do you want him to do there? And and he's left on an island. Poor pick and roll defense all night, and that's exactly what happens. And then it, it all fell apart towards the end of the third. The bench was in. They got destroyed all night. Uh, and the lead was one hundred two eighty nine. I think thirteen entering the fourth, and then they went on a big run to start the fourth. Non competitive again. The lineup of Omar, Rui, Butler, um, Davis, all the end of the bench guys played. Uh, and it was just, it, it was an, another non competitive fourth, another fourth where the white flag is already raised before we can even get into anything. Just frustrating all around. Blowout losses like this undermine the competitive games in Milwaukee that you have or the wins in Detroit that you have. You need to string together multiple competent competitive performances i don't care if you lose you need to be competitive and this this group has has not been competitive in a lot of games they i i think they should have been not saying they should have won not saying they should have lost by less than than like eight or or seven but they should have been more competitive and and they weren't uh want to shout out denny 22 points on nine to 12 from the floor four rebounds five assists two steals shot the three well Took it into the defender's chest, finished through contact at, at an and end one opportunity. He got hurt towards the end, uh, completely clobbered by Mo Wagner. Made the layup somehow, no foul. He continues to get no respect from the officials. Landed funky on thing on that right forearm. He said to Josh Robbins of the Athletic after the game that you know he's good. Um, you know, just hit his arm. He'll he'll be fine. Hopefully he's he he doesn't miss any time. I don't think he should, but. This is exactly what you wanted from Denny when you drafted him. Taking it harder to the defense, scoring through contact, playing to his size, defending, defending as, as good as he can. I just I really enjoyed watching him tonight, and I and I hope to see more of this in, in the next couple of games in terms of his usage rate on offense, um, in terms of you know how aggressive he is. I just I thought he played a really good game, his best game of the season. Um that puts you at three and fifteen through eighteen games. You rank towards the bottom of the league in, a, in tons of categories, including defense being one, perimeter defense, interior defense, defensive rebound percentage, defensive net rating, third quarter plus minus, whatever the fuck you want to do, whatever stat you pull out, we're towards the bottom on defense. Um. So that being said, three and fifteen. Entering a four-game stretch, considered by a lot to be a gauntlet, you know, really tough couple games. You play at Orlando again on Friday. I don't think it's going to be any different. Maybe it's a little more competitive, but I think it's going to be three and a half quarters where the Wizards are kind of, you know, hanging in there, hanging in there, and then blowing out in the fourth. Uh, So I think that's also a loss. You come home against Philadelphia the next game. Philadelphia just doesn't match up well, or we don't match up well with Philly. Embiid and Gaffer, not a great matchup. He torches us. He should have had 50 the first time we played them. He finished with 48. 
mainly because he didn't play the fourth quarter. We lost so bad. Gave up almost 150 to the Sixers last time we played them. That's just going to be a route. At Brooklyn again, I think this could be a game we steal. We should have won the first game, uh, and we and we blew it. But I think if there's any win in this next four games, it definitely would have to be at Brooklyn. And then we go at Philly. And that is, again, going to be the same exact result as the first game in Philly. So you could be looking at, most realistically, I'd say, a 3-19 and start. At best-case scenario, you're 4-18. and it, It's bad. And and even after this, I haven't even talked about the rest of the schedule. You play two games at home um, against the Suns, I think, and some other opponent, maybe the Pacers. And then you have a, a West Coast road trip where you're playing teams like Golden State, Sacramento, Clippers, Lakers, those are all teams that are better than us by a significant margin, actually. And and I just I don't see us winning any of those games. Um, hopefully we're competitive, but look, that's gonna do it. That recaps uh, a little bit of a longer episode breaking down games, basically just because the Thanksgiving break. I just wanted to give myself a little time to just chill. But again, nineteen point blown lead against Charlotte, third third nineteen plus. Uh, point blown lead of the season resulting in a loss for the Wizards. Absolutely unacceptable. Need to be closing these games. Then you go to Milwaukee. You play a really competitive game against one of the best teams in the league. You have a chance to win it. or Sorry, tied at the end. Shamit misses. Kuzma misses. You don't win, but great performance from Tyus Jones. Best game of the season for him. At Atlanta, uh, Home against Atlanta. No effort whatsoever. Basically, that, that sums it up. Nine straight losses after that. Detroit. First win in, since November 8th, won the Tank Bowl, won the third game of the year. Kuz, great, pool not. Danny efficient all night, below a couple steals. Need him to be better um, in terms of usage rate on offense. But overall, a win is a win. I'll take it. And you go to Orlando, you're competitive for half the game, but your bench gets blown out of the water, and you get blown out in the fourth, and you lose. That puts you at 3-15. and 15. Uh, We're still the second-worst team in the league. And we are also, um, what was I going to say? Still the second worst team in the league. Still the second best odds um, right now in terms of getting that first pick. Still 14% as of now, but trailing Detroit, obviously, in terms of the percentages as you go down the line in terms of how how deep you can fall. That's going to do it for this episode of the Wizards podcast. Uh, recapping a one in four, five game stretch for the Wizards. Uh, next couple games at Orlando versus Philly at Brooklyn at Philly. After that Philly game, I'll have a recap up here on the Wizards podcast. But again, appreciate all you guys for, for tuning in uh, to another episode, and I will catch you next time. Go Wiz.